Hi, and welcome to the five minute check-in. So today we're looking at screening for cancer. In particular, we're looking at new streamlined preventative screening algorithms that our teams have put together here at Common Spirit to look at breast cancer, colorectal cancer, and lung cancer. And joining me today are my two very good friends, Dr. Gary Greenswike, our Chief Physician Executive for the Physician Enterprise, and Dr. Ankita Sagar, the System Vice President for Clinical Standards. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. So Gary, why don't we just jump right in here? What what exactly is happening? Why did you decide to tackle this problem across all of Common Spirit in, in all of our physicians' offices and APP's offices? What was driving that? Tom, as we look at uh, rates of um, colorectal, breast, and lung cancer screening across the country, it's highly variable. Uh, and it relates back to, frankly, how much time people have to devote to that as opposed to looking at chronic and acute illnesses and other sorts of things. There's clear data that's been published earlier this year. Uh, the app, if, if a primary care physician or advanced practice provider does what they're supposed to do, the amount of time required is, uh, I think it's 26.7 hours per day. Um, 26 the, hours, because those are different days that they Yes, have. that's right. Um, yeah, it's sort day. of like the earth was not created in a day. But um, if you look at uh, the addition of team-based care, that's really terrific. It gets down to 16.7 hours per day. I think so a little we, sleep, just a little sleep now. A little yeah. sleep deprived. So we really do need to look at how can we automate? How can we make this more efficient? Uh, and how can we be sure that the clinicians are doing the right thing and spending the right time uh, on the right types of screen? And, and you and I talk that also the guidelines are changing, right? So we have to right. guidelines okay. have massively changed. And I think Dr. Sagar is going to talk a little bit about that. So why don't we pivot to that? I know there was some shifts in how the guidelines, how did you come up with the guidelines? Because, you know, every professional society has a guideline. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So every professional society has a guideline. Then there is the USPSTF, which is a executive federal government appointed committee that focuses on the average risk person. Um, and then of course, there's the National Comprehensive Care Cancer Network, so NCCM. What we did was we looked at the USPSCF guidelines and we realized, well, okay, they start at the point where a clinician, a physician or an APP has made the decision, this is an average mm -hmm. risk person. Well, how do we decide someone's average risk? that's where the NCCN guidelines come in. And we've merged the two um, and we've gotten some expertise within Common Spirit to take a look and give us a succinct guideline for breast, colorectal, and lung, uh, which encompasses both into one package. So we've sort of updated the guidelines, combined the US Presentative Task Force with ACCN. We've automated this to some extent and we're, Gary, you and I talked a little bit about a shift that's occurring in these guidelines from age to risk-based screening. I think a lot of people don't catch the significance of that. And if, as we update the guidelines and automate, this is a key issue, right? It's an absolute key issue. And one that we've sort of really tried to build both into the guidelines and in our conversations with providers. And, and just a simple example is I show up, um, I'm say 45 years old and they say, you need a colonoscopy. And I go, oh, that's great. I'm really happy to do it because my two uncles died at age 27 of colon cancer. And, and what that should say to the provider is, 
you probably have a genetic disorder in your family of early colon cancer called Lynch syndrome. And so that is a risk-based assessment that needs to be figured out before I show up at age 45. And so that that's a key issue, I think, for our provider. I think some of the data sets can look at, you know, maybe they could look at that history and, and make it come forward and make it easy for right. the primary care provider uh, and simplify that. Any other changes out there, Ankara, that you can think of that are important to highlight at this point? I think to your last point, like how do we serve up this information, right? Like that epitome of clinical decision support so that all of this information that we're collecting from patients doesn't get buried in the EMR, but really informs our path forward um, is going to be really important because it's a better experience for both our clinical team, but also our patient team. That yeah, and, a, and, and well done clinical decision support takes into mind the workflow and not to be annoying and overwhelming and, and actually a tincture of what we call behavioral economics, where it kind of encourages people to do this kind of work. So Gary, it sounds like we've updated the guidelines using the best available evidence. It sounds like we're going, we understand that we need to do a much more sophisticated form of decision support to enable our primary care providers to actually get some sleep at night and take care of their patients. So what's next here? What, what are we doing at Common Spirit? What's the thought? So uh, there's an educational piece to this. We've had uh, two and a third uh, in a series uh, grand rounds coming up uh, next week uh, that covers each of these specifically. Uh, we're working with individual practices and uh, working with our IT and clinical analytics colleagues to get those uh, these tools embedded and used in our uh, EHRs. But it is a journey. Um, but I first is we've gathered up the people to make the decisions and we've gathered up the clinicians who are interested in working with us to make this happen. Great. So go forward, we're gonna we're gonna have this eventually integrated into our EMRs and our yep. workflow. And, and we're going to see a rapid adoption of this. Well, I, you know, we're, I know in the next uh, two or three of these five-minute updates, we're going to cover in more detail colorectal cancer screening, lung cancer screening, and breast cancer screening. And we'll be tapping into both of you for that. So thank you both for joining me today. So thanks for joining me. And I'll see you in two weeks at the next five-minute check-in. Mm -hmm.